Welcome back in Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV radio.com. UVM men's basketball team is red hot right now. They've beaten everybody in conference play by double figures or, or you know, they've beaten everybody by double digits rather. They've scored 80 or more in every conference game. They're 12 and four overall, four and zero in the league. They take on Hartford this weekend, the defending America East tournament champions. And joining us now to talk a little bit about the Catamounts is Brian Mall over at collegeinsider.com. And they just had UVM ranked number 18 in the mid-major top 25. So, Brian, thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm doing well, Brady. Thanks for having me. The mid-major top 25. Who votes on this? Is this solely up to you? How did UVM get in here and why are they 18th? Uh, college coaches. Uh, there's a pretty uh, extensive, oh. yeah, pretty extensive panel. Uh, the, the coaches are listed there on the site. Uh, probably, uh, gosh, I would say off the top of my head, 30 coaches representing all the mid-major conferences around the country. And um, so, yeah, it's basically our form of the, uh, you know, USA Today Top 25 coaches poll, which would cover all of basketball, uh, just specifically for mid-majors. And uh, certain conferences qualify, and the Catamounts have caught the attention of the nation. Well, very, very cool. They've certainly caught the attention of everybody up here regionally. You know, we didn't think this team could shoot at the beginning of the year. You know, they were scoring 50 points here and 54 points there and 61 points. Now, all of a sudden, 80 points or more in four straight conference games. Is it just the fact that the America East Conference isn't as good? Or was this team playing below its expectation level at the beginning of the year? Where did this scoring barrage come from? You know, I think sometimes it just takes teams a minute to find their offense. Um and that can be the coaching staff as well. Uh, I think every coach wants to instill his defense first and, and kind of his fundamentals on that side in the preseason because he understands that that's going to win. You know, you can still win games playing good defense. And then offensively, it just sometimes takes teams a minute to gel as far as understanding uh, what combinations work, which plays work, which ones don't, um, and just getting that the rhythm and the flow. But certainly when you look at their offensive numbers now, I mean, they have a lot of qualities that I look for in any competent, very uh, excellent championship-level mid-major team. I mean, they don't turn the ball over. They're shooting a high percentage, and they're one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country. And those are things that, uh, especially turnovers and rebounding, that, that should translate from game to game. When you see UVM, what do you see? Well, I see the beast of the America East for the last five to ten years. I actually covered a game up there in, uh, gosh, it was probably 2011, 2010. So I've been to a game there there in Burlington, and, and it was, a, you know, snow on the ground, two <laughs> degrees, and a great crowd uh, and uh, a, a really good environment for college basketball. I thoroughly enjoyed my weekend up there. But, um, no, I expect – as you know, as a league I follow, but not extremely closely. Uh, but I but always keep an eye on in the in the America East. I feel like Vermont until somebody knocks Vermont off the mountain. You know they're the champion, and I think this year they came in maybe a little under the radar somehow, which is hard to believe with a, with a team with so many veterans. I think uh, maybe a little overlooked. But when you look at uh, the balance and the depth of this this offense, and uh, certainly the way they're defending. Uh, anyone who did overlook them made a mistake. You know, I don't know if you're a big NFL fan, but up here we cover the Patriots pretty extensively. And for the last five years or so, we've always heard about Josh McDaniels, Patriots offensive coordinator, being a hot coaching candidate. And he took a job and then backed out of a job. And then he took some interviews and then he pulled out of them. And now 
he's not getting a whole lot of calls for head coaching jobs. It feels like maybe, you know, he said no one too many times. What do you think the deal is with John Becker? Because it's a, he's a name we heard a bunch in, you know, kind of moving up the chain possibly a couple of years ago. And we haven't heard a whole lot about it. What do you think about John Becker's future, whether it's at UVM or elsewhere? Well, I don't want to take y'all's coach away. Uh, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I know, know y'all enjoy uh, having him, and you should. Um, he certainly sustained the winning success that's been going on for a while up there. But he, uh, any AD uh, looking for a job in the spring uh, here in a month or two would be would be wise to uh, consider him. And um, I, I don't know why he hasn't been. Uh, I know that two years ago, uh, the, the year 2020, obviously the season was cut short because of the pandemic. There was very little turnover across college basketball coaching. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches who were probably in some hot water kept their job just because ADs didn't want to, to fire a guy in the middle of a pandemic, for lack of a better terms. And then last year we saw a little bit more movement on the carousel. So, um you know, I, I think John Becker would be a successful coach wherever he decides to to coach, and um, you know, hopefully for for the fans of the Catamounts, it's it's up there for a very long time. What's a logical progression from someone at a low major? Like we saw Ryan Odom at UMBC go, I think to Utah State, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, You know, we thought maybe John Becker, regionally at least, would be a fit at Boston College. Like, is that too high of a jump? Like, where's the next progression from someone coming from the America East? We saw Pykel go to Rutgers, a lower-level Big Ten team. Like, what's the logical progression? Yeah, I mean, I I think certainly uh, a Big East or uh, or lower-level Big Ten um, is within reach. Uh, I think maybe the Atlantic Ten. Or, or, or something of that nature is a little more feasible. And I think you have to look at it from the coach's perspective too. Yes, uh, there's a lot of money on the table when you move up from an America East to a Big Ten, but the odds are you're going to get a one of the bottom jobs in that league. And how much longevity are you going to have? You know, Are you going to be there for three or four years? Or maybe you could go to the Atlantic Ten not quite as much pay, but, but get one of the better, you know, top half jobs in that league and, and, and build something and, uh, you know, sustain it. So you have to weigh all those things when you're making decisions. And, you know, you also have to understand if you're winning somewhere and you have one of the better jobs in the conference, which I think Vermont is, you can be selective. Um, and, uh, have, you know, I mean, I'm sure you can have a great quality of life in Burlington uh, being the, the head basketball coach of the Catamounts. Well, I'll get you out of here on this. We talk about the America East Conference. Um, Hartford, we know, is leaving the conference because they're dropping out of Division One entirely. It's out now, although not widely reported, but Stony Brook's leaving too. They're going to the CAA here, and it's kind of a football-based decision. So the America East is certainly going to get weaker here the next couple of years. We do this dance once a season, it feels like. Should UVM be looking to jump ship two as the conference weakens, or should they just stay put where they are and – Hope that the conference can fill the league with two teams that are, you know, two programs that are also good. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, with their basketball program success, I would think that they would be attractive to uh, other other conferences um, and could make a move up. I think the ne- obvious negative there is geography, as some of these conferences are trying to tighten their their footprint, if you will, just a little bit, but. Uh, 
they would be a great addition to the CAA, a league I'm pretty comf- you know familiar with down this this way. Um, but it's just part of the reshuffling that started with with the Oklahoma and Texas decisions, and yeah. we're just kind of now trickling down to to this level. And like you said, Stony Brook made a decision based on on football. Um, they uh, you know they've been playing football in the CAA for a while, and it, it just kind of made sense with uh, with Hofstra there right down the road from them uh, to kind of have a natural rival. So each school has to make its own decision that way. Brian Mull, collegeinsider.com, UVM in the mid-major top 25, which apparently is far more uh, complex than I thought it was. I thought it was just you making a decision on your own, but no, the college college coaches are involved here. UVM's in the top 25, and if they can get another win over Hartford this weekend and move to 5-0 in the league and sweep the week, they just may move up next week. So, Brian, we appreciate you, and we will keep following your work, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Okay, thanks, Brady. Have a good one.